the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program has been pre-recorded for broadcast at this time. The following program is sponsored by Rosenthal Wealth Management. Larry Rosenthal is a registered representative offering securities and advisory services through Satera Advisor Networks, LLC, a broker, dealer, and registered investment advisor, member FINRA SIPC. Satera is under separate ownership from Rosenthal Wealth Management Group. Rosenthal Wealth Management Group is located at 9265 Corporate Circle in Manassas, Virginia, and can be reached at 703-330-3100. Chris McKay is not affiliated with Satera Advisor Networks, LLC, nor Rosenthal Wealth Management Group. Bob Jones is a marketing assistant of Rosenthal Wealth Management Group, and is associated with Satera Advisor Networks, LLC. It's time now for Making Money Sense, live with Larry Rosenthal. Larry is recognized as one of the nation's leading financial and retirement planners and is here to answer your questions right now. Author, speaker, and talk show host Larry Rosenthal is dedicated to teaching others financial stewardship from a biblical point of view. Call Larry now. Studio lines are open at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Making Money Sense is on the air. Well, how about that? It is time for another edition of the Larry Rosenthal Show, and thank you for listening. Here he is, Larry Rosenthal. Good morning. Well, good morning, Chris, and how are you today? Pretty good. Pretty good. Not bad. Can't complain. Good, good. Well, it's always good to see you here in the studio, and it is Open Mic Saturday, which I love, which means no questions hold, uh, barred at all. Give us a ring with any of your financial planning, investment questions, economy questions, whatever's on your mind today. Give us a call at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Hey, but before we start today, though, I just really want to take some time and just really reflect on this weekend in our nation's history as it is very near and dear to many, many of our hearts for those who have given the ultimate sacrifice uh, for our nation. And we just appreciate it and just praise praise them and thank them for yeah. all of their service, their families and, and everyone involved and connected and just, you know, a heartfelt thank you very much from the bottom of our nation's heart on this Memorial Day weekend in 2023. God bless them and God bless the United States of America. Amen. So what you were saying, Chris, is yes, it is Saturday morning, which means open mic Saturday, as I mentioned. I'd like to continue to welcome our longtime listeners on WAVA in the D.C. Baltimore area, as well as our longtime listeners now in uh, across the country on Sirius XM channel, uh, channel 131 Family Talk. You're listening to Making Money Since Larry Rosenthal's show, you know, and, and we are still seeing lots of volatility as displayed this past week here in the markets, right? Up and down, some great days up and down. And, and you know, I hope as, you have some roller coasters fans listening to that. That's exactly right. We're going to get past some of these events and, and, uh, you know, the economy, the, the underpinnings of the economy are strong. I was explaining to a client the other day how if you take a look at your holdings, some of it's defense, some of it's offense. As the economy continues to turn the corner, 
which means reducing inflation, slowing down, and then getting a new uptick in economic activity, move more towards offensive positions. And, and you know, the, the bottom line is now in these times, we need to stay balanced and well-diversified, well-rounded, and tax efficient on everything. So, you know, that's kind of the theme it's been for the last handful of months and going forward. But, you know, it, the end of the year looks like it's shaping up to be very interesting from, from a market perspective and economic uptick in activity goes. So we'll, we'll see how the markets continue to look going forward, and, and we'll just go from there. So, hey, hey I know we got to take a quick break here to get the show kicked off, but let's, keep, let's open up the phone lines. Give us a ring this morning at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. I'm Larry Rosenthal. We'll back in a moment with more Making Money Sense. You are listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. are still too many countries that give little or no assistance to disabled children. In third world nations, these children could be left alone while parents try to eke out a living. About 10 years ago, residents of Prince William and Fauquier counties in Virginia formed Children with Disabilities Fund International. It focuses on the needs of disabled children. CDFI's current work in Jamaica and Kenya supports about 300 disabled children and their families. For some of these children, they're getting the care they need for the first time in their lives. CDFI recently began an individual child sponsorship program in an effort to better meet the needs of these disabled children. To choose your child to sponsor, go to thecdfi.org. That's thecdfi.org. Your gift will help transform not only a disabled child's life, but the lives of their parents and of the surrounding community. Go to thecdfi.org. Make a difference. Go to thecdfi.org. You've seen and heard him on Fox Business, CNBC, and The Wall Street Journal. Larry Rosenthal is here right now to take your calls at 855-767-3123. That's 855-ROSE-123. This is The Larry Rosenthal Show. If you want to check out our upcoming webinar on June 15th, we have two of them. You can go to my website, LarryRosenthal.com or RosenthalWealthManagement.com and click on the little uh, upcoming events and uh, you'll see a seminar button there and you'll see that we have two registration links for our upcoming webinar on June 15th. We have, these are Eastern times, noon to one and then six to seven. And we're going to be doing a very special estate planning webinar on the new rules of inherited IRAs. Under the SECURE Act that passed in 2019 and then was, you know, more things were added to it in the beginning of 2023, there are some definite changes in IRA distribution planning to heirs. So if you have an IRA, 
and you're going to pass it on through a trust one day or directly to your heirs, you need to tune in for this webinar. We're going to break it down. I'm bringing on the webinar two attorneys, two local attorneys. Oh, yep. We're going to uh, ask them some tough questions, right? Okay. And get them on the on the horn here with us. But you can go check it out. There's no cost for the webinar. Again, the times are uh, June 15th from uh, noon to 1, and then June 15th from 6 to 7. It's going to be the same webinar presented. Both of them are live, and there's lots of Q&A in there. So we got a handful of slides we're going to go through, and we're going to break down the new rules on passing assets through a trust for an inherited IRA to your heirs and or charities. Some very specific rules, some interesting tax, tax gotchas as well that we want to teach people on how to avoid. Hey, you know, this past week I was, I was uh, speaking with a client on, on what we call a core and explore income portfolio. What does all that mean? So, so discussing this with a client, you know, we're, we're looking at on, on one end of the meter, a growth portfolio and all the way on the other end of the meter, a complete income production portfolio. And the conversation usually goes this way. Well, Larry, we need some growth and income at the same time. And I was sort of explaining how that can be designed. It can be designed a handful of different ways. And I want to sort of break this down in your mind's eye. And, and for those of you listening on, on, on the air and, or even watching on, on, on the YouTube, think about this in your mind's eye. You've got your portfolio, so you have all these holdings. And now you want to take them from a growth mode to a growth and income mode because maybe you're, I don't know, 65 and you retire, but you still have 75, 85, and 95. You still got 20, 30 plus years that you still need to have growth in your portfolio. But yet at the same time, that portfolio needs to deliver some income to you right now today. So how do you go about doing that? So if you take a look at the dividend rate of the entire S&P 500, it's about 2.1%. Not a lot of income that comes off of that, right? That's more of a growth type of a position. But then at the same time, if you say, well, listen, I want to go get some high dividend stocks, maybe stocks that are paying, you know, 7, 9, 11, 13% dividend rates. Now, all of a sudden, your principal value can be going up and down a lot. So one person would say, that's okay, Larry. I don't mind if my principal goes up and down a lot. I'm just interested in making sure I get a nice dividend income check every single quarter. Whereas another person might say, hold it a second. I don't want my principal to go up and down, but I want to extract as much income out of the markets as I can without selling off any shares of ownership. Because a lot of times we'll see people that they will go ahead and they'll start pulling dollars out when they need a growth and income portfolio, but they'll pull dollars out of growth places and then they're selling off shares dependent on shares to grow back into the future. Not right or wrong. It's just a couple of different ways to go about doing it depending on how much income you're pulling out and how much growth you actually need down the road. My point is this, getting back to the positioning of core and explore delivering income, the core part of your portfolio, the core part of your portfolio, you might have, I don't know, maybe 70% of your holdings in a core position that very rarely changes. It, it, it rebalances and changes from time to time based off of economic and market conditions. However, at the same time, though, most of those holdings will sort of stay around and they're designed for, you know, let's call it 
moderate type growth or whatever it may be. Whereas the other 30% of your portfolio, hence the core and explore, might be trying to get a little bit more growth or a little bit more income. And there's a handful of different ways to do that through systematic withdrawal plans, through high dividend pro, uh, programs, you know, and all that type of stuff. So, so when, you're, when you're thinking about how do I go from turning my portfolio into from growth all these years up into retirement to bending it over, turning it around, massaging it towards an income and growth design portfolio, there's a handful of ways to do this. And let me tell you this. Here's the deal on this. The stocks, the funds, those types of things that got you to the point of retirement are probably not the same investment vehicles or products that are going to deliver growth and income to you to sustain your standard of living in retirement years. You're moving from the accumulation phase. Remember, there's three phases of financial planning, the accumulation, distribution, and legacy. You're moving from accumulation phase to distribution phase, and that requires a different toolbox, if you will, during that type of phase. You are listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. And here's another Money Minute with Larry Rosenthal. So many different ways to invest money. Lump sum deposits, buy and hold, market timing. How about dollar cost averaging? Put the same amount of money into the same investment at every interval, whether it's monthly, quarterly, annually, whatever it may be. This gives you the greatest opportunity to get the average price over the long term of the investment because one of the secrets to creating wealth is the acquisition of shares. You want to keep buying more and more shares over time. On the flip side, when you're in your retirement years and you want to distribute dollars to yourself for income, do the same thing in reverse. Dollar cost average out during your retirement years. Mark down August 26th on your calendar. Larry Rosenthal will once again repel 14 stories down the Hyatt Regency Tyson's Corner Center and go over the edge with Holistic Haitian Alliance, formerly known as Helping Haitian Angels. To learn how you can help, go to HolisticHaitianAngels.org. That's HolisticHaitianAngels.org. Yeah, we're back with the Larry Rosenthal Show, 855-767-3123, 855-ROSE-123. Larry. Yes, Chris, and we were just talking on the break here about the upcoming webinar. Kind of excited. It's going to be a little interesting here. It's going to be on June 15th, two times, noon to 1 and 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern. Um, it's going to be a live broadcast webinar, and I'm bringing it here. I'm bringing two estate planning attorneys uh, that we work with. So no lawyer jokes during the we got we got to keep that plenty up. of lawyer jokes. Okay? <laughs> okay, okay, I'm sure they've heard them all. Right there, there you, you go. go. So, right. No, no, just kidding. But uh, what what it's going to be a, a very interesting topic because it's kind of down in the weeds a little bit. But we're going to make it very easy to understand. We're going to take some very complicated matters that deal with IRAs. 
And that's where people have saved the most money in their life is in qualified plans, whether it's a pension plan, a cash balance plan, 401k, government TSP, whatever it may be. And with underneath the Secure Act 2019 and 2022, the 2.0 Secure Act, there's some very specific rule changes when dealing with inherited IRAs. And that's what we're going to be covering this. So whether you have it pointed towards a trust, your, your beneficiaries, or pointed towards individuals, depending on if they're a spouse or a non-spousal beneficiary, all of this matters. So we're going to sort of demystify all these problems that, that the Secure Act uh, has kind of created, and I say problems because we're so used to all the old rules for decades, right? So now it's creating some issues and possibly some trust works that some trust work that a lot of people have done over the years probably need to be updated a little bit. So stay tuned for that. Again, you can go to my website, LarryRosenthal.com, and register right there. Click on the the uh, events tab, and you'll see both webinars there. There's no charge for the webinars. It will be a live broadcast. You will be able to do questions and answers during that broadcast. So uh, check it out there. Love to see you register there. So no cost for those webinars. They're coming up June 15th. Chris, I see we have some callers on the line. Let's keep the phones open. Let's welcome Rich on the line from Maryland. Good morning, Rich. How are you? Good morning. Uh, I'm fine, thank you. Thank you uh, for taking the call. Sure. How can I help you, sir? Um, um, my uh, daughter and her significant other are in their 30s. They're planning on getting married and uh, purchasing a house uh, here very shortly. And one of the questions um, we have been discussing is the efficacy of some kind of life insurance um, to help protect each other. And we were in some discussions about um, term versus whole life versus variable life. And uh, we were looking for some guidance as to what kind of product uh, to purchase under those circumstances. Sure. Uh, first of all, it's a good conversation to have, and yes, they should have life insurance, okay? Uh, the amounts are to be determined, right, um, The based off of their financial needs, based off of the amount of debt that, that they're going to have with the home, based off the percentage of income they have, based off of if they want to have kids one day down the road. There's a whole little formula of a checklist that I can go through with you that, that will, will set up the approximate amounts that they should have. The next question becomes what type, term or permanent? And on the permanent side, there's a handful of products that you mentioned, variable life, uh, index life, you know, whole life, universal life, all those types of things. And the <clears throat> cash value crediting to those policies are all based off of different things. The variable life policies – they give you know a market-based solution. They have sub-accounts that act like mutual funds in them, and they can grow your cash value substantially or not, depending on what's selected and what type of, uh, and what's going on in the marketplace, right? Then you have to take a look at a guaranteed policy where you might get a small amount of cash value in it, but the policy is guaranteed, never to lapse. You never have to worry about it, whereas a lot of your Cash value sensitive policies, universal life, index universal lives, variable lives, uh, you know, those types of policies, the guarantee of the death benefit sometimes is dependent upon how much cash value is in that policy. 
And remember, as, as someone ages, the internal cost of the insurance goes up every single year. So you could have a policy that's performing phenomenally well in your 30s, 40s, and 50s, only to get to your 70s and your 80s, and all of a sudden it's not doing so well, and you may have to start putting more money into it. So you need to take a look at sort of a, a scenario here of taking care of their income protection needs today, and that might be with term insurance depending on what, how much their income can afford. But remember, term insurance, you can always convert it into any one of those types of policies. So it's important to shop for the insurance company to make sure that they have the right term conversion into universal or whole life or whatever it may be for you down the road. And then there's what we would call a, you know, like a term perm blend also, Rich, where maybe they get a portion of it cash value today, which will stay with them forever, and a portion of it term insurance. So really, you know, it's, it, it's, it's kind of a fun case to do some case design on, sit down, take a look at their needs, their cash flow, um, their debts, and all that kind of stuff, and then look at the different types of policies. But when it comes to your permanent insurance policies, um, we do a lot of shopping with a lot of different companies based off a lot of those factors that I just talked about. So make sure you get educated on this stuff, okay? If you want, we'll be happy to send you out some different types of, of programs that, that can give you some food for thought on all of that, okay? Yes, well, thank you. Uh, this, is, uh, this has been very helpful. Uh, I, I very much appreciate the feedback, and um, Absolutely. I, I think well, it will be helpful to no, – I'm sorry I'm interrupting you, but my, my um, I know uh, – my, my kids will be glad to know that you think it's valuable to have this life insurance and it's a matter of picking through some of these options. Exactly. That's exactly correct. And so I'll tell you what, let me put you on hold and Bob will get some of your contact information. And we'll have someone reach out to you next week and sort of go through the insurance scenario and give you some ideas and stuff like that that's more pertinent to their situation, okay? Okay. Thank you very much. Absolutely. Appreciate the phone call. You're listening to Making Money Sense. Give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Let's welcome Leslie on the line. Good morning, Leslie. How are you? Good morning. Fine yourself. I'm well. How can I help you? Okay. I wanted to see if you were able to explain the um, W-4 form. It seems like some people are not able to explain that form. I mean, I went through it. I read it. I did the instructions as far as, you know, trying to calcul calculate what you want withheld. But it does not say anything about the exemptions. I know they changed that. That's about what they could tell me is that the exemption part of it was changed. But I'm just wondering how does when they take the tax out, how do they know to still take it out based on those exemptions? That you well, you just put the, the exemptions down on your form, and then it goes when whoever's doing your payroll sees how many exemptions you're claiming on the W-4 form, and they have a little chart. And that's how much they take out or don't take out. So I, I had had it in there like years ago. I didn't change anything. But the one thing I did notice when I did um, – I did. I changed my federal holdings to um, just. I didn't have to do that much. Just like ten dollars more, and and they took out two hundred dollars instead of ten dollars. And I did the same thing for state. State came out fine. Federal 
Well, there must have been a mistake made. You need to contact your HR department on that, okay? There must have been some sort of mistake. Oh, so that was a mistake. Yeah, there must have been a mistake. You know, you can always contact them and, and, and change your exemptions around. So give your HR department a phone call, and they can explain to you how they go about doing it. That's really the best answer oh. as far as that oh, goes. Oh, okay. So, yep. All right. Okay, Appreciate the phone that... call. Absolutely. You have a okay, great weekend. You. You're listening to Making Money Sense. Give us a ring, 855-ROSE-123. Let's bring Mary on the line from Pennsylvania. Good morning, Mary. How are you today? Great. Hello. How are you? I'm well. How can I help you? Okay. Um, my question is, um, me and my husband have achieved um, owning a few properties, paying off our mortgage. We own a uh, plumbing, heating, air business, and we are now financially free, and we do have a lump sum of cash. And my question is, like, we don't even know where to begin to start having that money make money for us. You know, that's my biggest concern. We have this fear that, you know, someone is going to, you know, if we try to invest, someone's going to steal from us. We don't know where to go with it. We just know that, you know, we're still working hard, but everything's just sitting in a savings account besides the properties that we own. So so here's the deal, Mary, on this, uh, and that's a great question. First of all, you've got money sitting in the bank safe and secure from loss, I want you to end up, at the end of the story, I want you to still have money sitting in the bank, safe and secure, okay? Mm -hmm. But the money that's sitting in bank accounts today is not keeping pace with taxes and inflation long term. So you need to have Mm -hmm. three to six months worth of living expenses sitting in the bank, okay? That's what Mm -hmm. you need to have, right? Mm -hmm. Then we need to take a look at your goals. What are your goals? We just don't want to invest this money haphazardly no matter how big or little it is. We just don't want to start throwing it into the stock market willy-nilly with no game plan in place. We need to sit down and talk about what your goals are, what your time frame is, what your tax situation is. I need to show you charts that explains to you risk. You know, How much risk do you want to have? I, I've seen people many times uh, Mary, they'll say, yeah, I want to be a risky investor, you know, and they start and they say, yeah, I'm, I, I got a lot of risk and blah, blah, blah. And I look at their accounts and I go, there's not a lot of risk in here. Remember, I'm familiar with the entire spectrum from conservative right. to very risky. Right. And so I need right. to teach you and your husband that so that you understand and then show you models on different risk levels on what would happen so that you're comfortable because when you put money into the markets, it does go up and down, right? Okay? Right. And, and that's the idea is the longer I mean, view. I'm watching, I'm watching the markets. I know a little bit, <clears throat> but not, not enough. And we're at the age where, you know, we don't want to take a risk. We want to make sure we can retire comfortably and be taken care of. So we're, and that's you know, the, we're not in taking big risks. <laughs> right. And that's the next stage of this conversation. You hit the nail right on the head, which is basically – Okay, we need to back into what does your retirement look like? When do you want to retire? What are your estimated Mm -hmm. expenses for retirement? What are the Mm -hmm. opportunities for income that's going to be coming in? Maybe Social Security. doesn't sound like you have a pension, but two Social Securities, right? So we take a look at Mm -hmm. Social Security coming in, and we take a look at Mm -hmm. your estimated monthly expenses, 
And that's when we can say, okay, this is the next step, which is this is going to design the investments. Because if the financial plan basically says, hey, look, you need to earn 5% in order to accomplish your goals, then why do you want to take the risk of trying to earn 10? Because if the market moves against you, you could actually lose some of those dollars, right? So you want to take a look at backing in what your income needs are and make sure those income is coming from reliable, tax-efficient sources. So, so it's something we do all the time. It'll start with our financial planning toolkit. I'll be happy to have somebody reach out to you next week and, and sort of get, break it down a little bit more, and we can start showing you some, some ideas and educating you and your husband on what's the best course for you all to do this, okay? That would be love. That would be wonderful. Um, we have some rental income coming in as well, so yeah, absolutely. If we yeah, so you've got sources already. Yeah, yeah, you have yeah. sources already. You've got social security, rental income. You've got a lot of passive income coming in, which is wonderful news. That takes the mm-hmm. pressure off of investment returns as well, right? Uh, right. That it, I totally it, makes sense to me. Yep. Yep. So you think about it in in in, in a. In a very simple way, let's say your your income needs are are, are five thousand a month, okay, and you have three thousand a month coming in, and now you have a pile of money sitting in the bank. We need to we need to fill that gap, right? And Wonderful. that's the way yep. that's the way we need to take a look at it. Mary, I'll tell you what, I'm going to put you on hold. Bob will get get your contact information from you in just a moment. We'll have mm-hmm. someone reach out to you next week, set up a time, mm-hmm. and then we'll start giving some education on all this, okay? That would be wonderful. Thank you, Larry, so much. You have a Absolutely. Appreciate the phone call. You're listening to Making Money Sense. Give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Let's welcome Mark on the line from South Carolina. Good morning, Mark. How are you? Good morning. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How can I help you, sir? Well, I have a possible, I think they're called viatical settlement, uh, selling a, a an old term policy that's coming up for annual renewal. And uh, I just wanted to know if this goes through and, and this company buys my life insurance policy for any amount of money, <clears throat> are those proceeds tax- taxable? That is a good question because the death benefit proceeds from term life insurance are completely tax free, but you're actually selling an asset that you own. So I believe that there's going to be some taxes over your cost basis of what you put into it for the years. But, you know, that's, uh, that's really a CPA question because the people buying the policy are going to receive the money tax-free should something happen to you. But you're just selling an asset. So I, I do believe that it's going to be taxable over your cost basis that you put in. Now, if it was a whole life, I know that you would have to pay taxes on anything that's exceeding the cash values inside of it, but there are no cash values in permanent insurance. I mean, in term insurance, excuse me. So I would say it would have to go to your cost basis. So what you're saying is, I understand it's coming up on the 20th year. I've put quite a bit of premium in, so it may be taxed on the amount above the premium I've put in. That would be my guess. You know, I mean, I, I don't do taxes, so and I'm not trying to give tax advice. I'd recommend talking to a tax preparer to ask that question. But what's the length of your term policy? It's a 20-year term. It's convertible to the very end, and it, and it comes up for renewal in March of this year. Well, that's very interesting to me that they would be considered buying it um, at this particular stage. Well, I, I think that. 
I think the way it works is uh, they have you convert it so yeah. they know their premium won't change. But the problem is you really have to be at end of life. I mean, I'm not really in their demographics. I've got serious health problems, but I'm not 70 or 80. You know, I'm in my mid-50s. But I just wondered because they still may make a 10% offer, which would be you know, substantial. It's a, it's a fairly large policy. Well, then, then I would talk to your tax preparer, and I would also talk to them, too. They know these tax rules on that, okay? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Well, I appreciate it. Thanks so much. Absolutely. Good luck with that, Mark. Appreciate the phone call. Let's welcome Kathy on the line from Virginia. How are you this morning, Kathy? I'm good. How are you? I'm well. How can I help you? Hey, uh, well, we have a family member who is elderly, and they want to give us a large sum of money, like almost 200000 because they're just trying to kind of give it all away before they go, I guess. And they have mm-hmm. so much they can't spend it. So I'm just trying to figure out what the tax tax implications of something like that would be for us and maybe even what they could do with it they say if they reinvest it that they'll just have to pay more taxes and so they just want to give it you know to family members so you know what maybe what could they do to maybe not have to pay taxes on it invested or use it somehow or if they gift it to family members what are the tax, tax implications for those family members Sure, Kathy. Let's take that one first. You, as the receiver of the gift, never pay taxes. Okay, you don't have to pay oh, any taxes okay. on that money. How's that sound? Makes you feel good, right? No, no matter the amount, because I always thought there was some like no matter no matter the amount. Okay, now hmm. the giver may have to pay tax. All right, now they're allowed to give fifteen thousand dollars tax free. For example, let's suppose that that I don't know who these people are. Let's just suppose that your mom wants to give you fifteen grand. If she gives you sixteen grand, then that thousand dollars comes into question over the fifteen grand, right? But your dad can give you a thousand dollars. Your mom can give you a thousand. I'm sorry, your dad can give you fifteen thousand. Your mom can give you fifteen thousand for a total of thirty, right? Okay. Your mom okay. your mom can give your husband fifteen thousand. Your dad can give your husband fifteen thousand. Now we're up to sixty thousand dollars right there. See how that works? Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he's he's single, unfortunately. They they got divorced a while back, so it's just him. So you saying that he could give my dad you know, my husband, me, maybe a couple of my kids. You know, exactly. He could give it to children. You oh, can okay, give fifteen thousand dollars to anybody. Even Chris right here on the air. He's waving his hand. Yeah. Saying, give it to me too. Okay. Put your hands up here. All right. I'm like, I'll take it. Yep, exactly. Can I be adopted? No. <laughs> right, right. Uh, okay. So so now now here's where it gets a little tricky, okay? And then I'll tell you some other strategies, too, because you really outlined some very interesting opportunities here to deliver even more tax-free money to whoever your dad or mom wants to give it to, okay? And Mm -hmm. and so so if they go over that $15,000 limit, then they're going to have to pay a gift tax on that. Okay. Now they have up to a million dollars of lifetime exclusion on that. So they just have to file an extra form so that they start chipping away at this million dollars at some point down the road. Okay. But the benefit, the answer to your question, the receiver of the gift never pays taxes, no matter how much it is. It's the giver that, that has, that is subject to the taxes. Okay. Now the second part of this is 
you said they, they, they don't want to reinvest it because they're just going to end up paying more taxes on things. One of the ways mm-hmm. that they can look at doing this, though, is, is reinvesting into some ETFs or some tax-free scenarios. But if they put money into like an individual stock that doesn't pay a dividend or very little or ETF that doesn't pay a dividend or very little, one day when they pass, the beneficiary will receive a stepped-up basis and get the whole thing tax-free. And it's very, very small and sometimes no taxes along the path while that money's being reinvested. That's one way to look at things. The next way to look okay. at things is to simply take some of this excess dollars and put it into what we call a wealth replacement program, okay? And, and inside this wealth replacement program is an insurance policy, either an old or a new, new uh, insurance policy. So, for example, if your dad were to give you $15,000 and then he were to pass the next day, you would still have $15,000 in your account, right? Mm-hmm. On the other hand, if he were to put that $15,000 into a wealth replacement plan, that may generate an insurance policy of maybe $250,000 completely tax-free. So, so okay. what a lot of yeah, what a lot of people do in this scenario is they take a small percentage of their overall wealth. Let's suppose your dad, just to do math easy, has a million dollars. If he were to take one percent a year, that's ten thousand dollars a year. If he were to take that one percent interest a year and put it into this wealth replacement plan, that may generate a few hundred thousand dollars of tax-free insurance that can go to the heirs as well. Okay. So there's a handful okay. of different ways that 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 this presents an opportunity. I'll tell you what, um, you know, if, if you'd like some information, I'll be happy to send it out to you on all of this. Uh, and that'd be awesome. What, so one more question. So does it matter if it's cash or say he wants to go buy one of the kids a car that's over 15000 Is the, is it if it's, it's like a tangible item, does it still come into play? It, it kind of does, yeah. I mean, I, I would talk to okay. your tax preparer about that. Um, you know, let's let's see how how you can uh, uh, work with that. Maybe his name goes on it or something uh, jointly. Mm, okay. You know, just I'm not too sure about how that would actually fit. Um, mm. You know, but but it it would be a gift um, in, the, yeah, in the most okay. technical in the most technical terms there. So talk to your tax preparer about that. As a matter of fact, I can send you some information out on that. Let me put you on hold okay. and Bob will get your contact information and we'll give you some information on wealth replacement planning as well as the gifting rules. Okay. Awesome. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Appreciate the phone call. I'll put you on hold here. You're listening to Making Money Sense. Give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Let's welcome Brian on the line from St. Louis. Good morning, Brian. How are you? Morning, Larry. Thanks for having me on. Sure. How can I help hey, you, sir? I had a follow-up question from the caller you were just talking to. If your relative added them onto their checking account, let's say, and to where when they pass, it transfers upon death to them. Is there any tax implication for them as far as income when they're added onto the account or when the original account holder passes and how it transfers to them because they're on the account as a, as a holder? So, so from an income tax standpoint, no. The, the, if it's an investment account, I'd rather them not be added because they would lose the stepped up basis. For example, if you've got a hundred grand in an investment account and you get added to that account when it's worth 150,000 and then the person passes, 
Now you've got that account at $150,000. You're going to have to pay taxes on that 50 grand when you go to sell it. Uh, on the other hand, if you were simply named as TOD, transfer on death beneficiary, then you receive that $150,000. You get the stepped-up basis. You can sell it and pay no tax on that $50,000 of gain. As far as a checking account being added to, uh, being added to it, doesn't really bother me from a tax standpoint because there's really no growth involved with it. Now, from a liability standpoint, that can be an issue as well. If you put a child or somebody else on your checking account and there's a good amount of money in there and something happens, God forbid, like a car accident or something like that, and they get sued, they can attach that checking account. Okay. So, so, um, you know, you just want to sort of be aware of those types of issues from, from that standpoint as well. I actually did a webinar not too long ago on this exact subject, right, right there. Plus, plus the other caller too. And, and well, some of, some of your questions as well. So if you want, I'll be happy to send you out some information on that and uh, you know, uh, go from there. And each, each family's Brian, Brian, each family situation is going to be a little different from a liability standpoint with that. If something were to happen, but remember when, when you're a joint owner of something, a lot of people think, oh, well, I've got 50% of this. I, I can get 50% of the money. No, you can get 100% of it. When you're a joint owner, both people have access to 100%. They have access and control to 100% of those dollars that are in there. So that's why you want to make, make be careful when it comes to you know, doing that from, from, from the standpoint of a liability. God forbid should something bad happen. Does that make sense? Got it. Yeah, perfect. Absolutely. Yep. Let me yeah, put yeah, you on yeah, hold. and. Bob will get your contact information, and we'll, uh, we'll have someone give you a follow-up to maybe explain it a little bit further for you, okay? Okay, great. Thanks so much. Absolutely. Appreciate the phone call. You're listening to Making Money Sense. Give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. You're listening to Making Money Sense. I'm Larry Rosenthal. We'll be back in a moment. You are listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. And here's another Money Minute with Larry Rosenthal. We've all heard the more risk you get, the more opportunity there is for growth in returns in your investments. However... Can you have too much risk in your investments so that you get diminishing returns? You can only water ski behind one boat at a time. Make sure your risk-adjusted return is aligned with your investment objectives. opportunities remain available for the 26th annual Youth for Tomorrow Golf Classic on Tuesday, June 7th at the Westfields Golf Club in Clifton, Virginia. For more information, go to youthfortomorrow.org. That's youthfortomorrow.org. Welcome back to the Larry Rosenthal Show, 855-767-3123. It's that phone number to call, 855-ROSE-123. Bob's ready to answer your phone calls, so... Go ahead and call right now, Larry. Absolutely, Chris. The webinar that we've been talking about here, you know, 
let's let's boil this down to three phases of planning: accumulation, distribution, legacy phase. You want to have your estate planning documents in place while you're alive, if things happen, and while you pass, when things happen. And part of it is how do you want assets to be distributed? And and I will tell you this that we have seen. I mean, just from working with the thousands of clients all across the country for all of these years that that our firm has done this, we've seen people do all types of different arrangements in their estate planning distribution, whether it's to heirs or charities. There's no right or wrong way, okay? There's a default way if you don't do anything, and you might not like how that ends up, <laughs> all right? But if you do things, there are no wrong ways or right ways to do it. It's whatever you wish to do. I was explaining this to a client uh, just a couple of weeks ago, and I've, I've wanted to use this on the air, and um, obviously I won't make any, any names, but, but um, the, this conversation has come up a handful of times. It's interesting, the last couple of, 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 of months, and that's one of the reasons why we're putting together this webinar coming up on June 15th with the attorneys. At some point, someone else will be in control of spending your life savings yeah. of what's left over, if you think about it, Chris, right, when you pass assets on to heirs and or charities. And so how do you want that distributed, and what's the most tax-efficient way? And the SECURE Act has made a little bit of, you know, sawdust in the gears, I should say, of passing those assets on, those IRA-type assets on efficiently. The rules have changed, and that's what we're going to be going over there. And so if you stop it, if you boil it down, right now in our firm, we have clients that are under the old rules of the Lifetime Tax Advantage Stretch IRA. We have clients that are that have one account under the old rules and another account under the new rules. So managing that on a year-by-year -year distribution basis and how things hit your tax return and then you also can also you can look at the fact that you're not allowed to convert an inherited IRA to Roth. So there's a handful of of gotchas in this when you're dealing with passing on IRA assets and that's what we're going to be going for on this webinar that's coming up on June 15th. So so check it out on the website, LarryRosenthal.com. Click on the seminar button, and you'll see it right there to register. Again, there's no cost for it, but I just wanted to give a little tidbit into some of the things that we'll be doing because when you take a look at how heirs receive assets when it's IRA money, they're going to be receiving those assets, and if you're already over 73 before they receive those assets, you first have to take your estate basically has to take a required minimum distribution. Then they get those assets. And in getting those assets, what happens sometimes is a beneficiary will call up to the investment company and say, I'm the beneficiary. They verify it. And, you know, they go through some paperwork and all this stuff. And the beneficiary checks the box that says, send me a check. And then all of a sudden that check comes to them and they have to pay taxes on the whole nine yards of it versus having the ability to open up a tax-deferred, protected, inherited IRA account where they don't have to take all that money at once. And if you're under 72 years old when you pass, 72 or under, they can allow that money to sit there for 10 years and not take any of it out. And, but they have to take it all out at the end of 10 years. If you're over 73, 73 or over when you pass, now they have to take out 
a required minimum distribution each year off of your age, and then whatever's left at the end of the 10 years, they have to pull it all out, or they can pull it all out right away. But at least this having the knowledge of how these assets can transfer within the rules of the tax laws is huge to beneficiaries and to people that are that have the, the IRA accounts when you start thinking about the distribution planning of your IRA money. And so, you know, it, we've got to get this message out, and this is just part of what we'll be going over in the discussion or the webinar, whatever you want to call it, on uh, June 15th. So stay tuned for that. So, hey, give us a ring this morning. You're listening to Making Money Since the Larry Rosenthal Show. Dial us up at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. I'm Larry Rosenthal. We'll be back in a moment with more Making Money Sense. You are listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. Sponsorship opportunities remain available for the 26th Annual Youth for Tomorrow Golf Classic on Tuesday, June 7th at the Westfields Golf Club in Clifton, Virginia. For more information, go to youthfortomorrow.org. That's youthfortomorrow.org. Hey, give us a ring this morning at 855-ROSE-123. Let's welcome Kathy on the line from South Carolina. I'm here. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. How are you this morning? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How can I help you? Uh, thank you for taking my call. Um, my husband and I, we're 65, I'm 63, and we have some money put away, not a huge amount, but we're constantly watching it dwindle down to nothing uh, over the past several, well, year. And my question is, we owe about 100000 on our home. Would we be better off taking some money out of our retirement, paying the house off, and then paying ourselves back? My concern is with the, the way the government keeps printing money that um, – and hearing talk about a global reset and, uh, you know, moving to uh, Biden's digital money plan that is not going to be there when we are able to retire and to have a home paid for would at least give us a place to live and have that security for our family. Kathy, this is this is a question that we get often, and 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 um, <clears throat> let me preface this by saying I, I'm going to need to get a lot more information before I give you an answer to this. But okay, if you take a hundred thousand dollars out of your investments today, okay, and and pay down your mortgage, so now you have no mortgage payment on the house, you still have maintenance, utilities, and taxes, insurance, and, and, and all that on the house, right? So you still are going to have payments on that house. It's not going to be free. That's the first thing. Right. The second thing is if you take $100,000 out of an investment account, is it coming from an IRA or a non-IRA? IRA. So you're going to have to pull out more money than $100,000 in order to net the $100,000, Right. So let's suppose you have to pull out $130,000 just to do math easy. 
in order to net the the uh, hundred thousand dollars after tax to pay the house off, right? So so if that okay. money if that money would have stayed in the investment account of the IRA, and if it would have earned seven percent, seven point four percent actually, okay, seven point two, excuse me, in ten years, that money would be worth. $260,000 in 20 years. Okay. It'd be worth $520,000. The rule of 72 compound interest, it keeps doubling every 10 years, right? If you get 7%. So the question becomes this, can your cash flow continue to afford to pay down the house on, on making your normal monthly payments, keeping your money invested? That's the way the calculator will attack this question. Okay, the calculator will tell you, keep your money invested and make your payments on the home. That's what the calculator says. Now, I used to teach a, a class on the nine different ways to kind of attack this question, nine different ways to manage equity inside of your home. And, and so the, set, the other side of that is, well, wait a minute. From a financial planning perspective, just listening to the calculator, that's the right – that's the way to, to, to go about it. But the real world is now you're sitting here saying, hey, you know what? For whatever reason, we want to have our home paid for in retirement. I'm perfectly comfortable with that. But before we say, yes, let's do that, let's make sure that you don't become house rich and cash poor. In other words, you could have your home paid for, but not enough money to go to the beach or on vacation because all of your money is tied up in wood, bricks, mortar, and steel, right inside inside the uh, the home. So so that's the balancing act. That's the question that we have to ask. And then another question is: Is this the forever home? Are you going to stay in this home forever? Is is this going to be the retirement home? That's the idea, but you know, okay. So. We, we never know, but if that's the plan, right, if that's the plan to stay in the home, you know, f fine. And and so there's there's a lot of advisors out there that will say, you know, never pay your home off. And a lot of them say pay it off as soon as possible. And, and I've seen I've seen it work both ways. There are some people that need to have a small, manageable mortgage in retirement. Others need to have the home paid for. But my point is this, is that when you. When, when we sit down and take a look at your overall financial plan on all of this, those are the questions we have to address, okay? And then another question is you have to ask you and your, your, your husband, are you disciplined enough to repay back all this money from this IRA plus the taxes in a timely enough manner so that when you do get to retirement, you can produce income? If we're looking at the clock, then we have to say, oh, time to go. And I wanted to also make sure that we – at least one more time, talked about that webinar. Some really cool stuff going to happen there. It's We haven't done this before. Well, we haven't brought on two attorneys, so we're going to have to uh, you no know, manage yet. them through the process of it all. That's <laughs> for sure. But no, we'll be sending out, we'll be giving out a lot of uh, educational information. Uh, so go to the website, LarryRosenthal.com. Click on events, and you'll see the register registration right there. There's no charge for these. So, hey, Chris, just one more time. I know we talked about it at the top of the hour, but, you know, just wishing everybody a, a wonderful and restful Memorial Day weekend. And thank you to all of our uh, military personnel who has paid the price 
for our freedom. God bless them, their families, and the United States of America. So for Bob in the back answering the phones and Chris McKay, I'm Larry Rosenthal. Have a wonderful week. We'll be back next Saturday with another session of Making Money Sense. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.